You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside my uh, sports radio guru, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan. Bo, what is going on today, brother? Dude, it's game week. I'm just pumped. It, it, was, it was sitting there yesterday, uh, holiday weekend, and it just hit me. I, was, I, was, uh, I just got done playing a few holes of golf for the rain. And it was like somebody slapped me in the face. There was a Yellowstone <laughs> marathon on, and I was just relaxed. And I go, oh, man, it's game week. I got to start working on the broadcast. So had to get up and start, you know, getting some getting some work done on the um, on, on this game with the Saints and, and getting us prepped because, dude, it is not only game week, the first regular season game of the year, but it's hate week. That's right. It's hate week, and I'm feeling real hateful this week, Bo. I'm I'm feeling good as usual, but I'm feeling real, real hateful this week because, as you alluded to, it is hate week. The Falcons will make it for real, for real. They start to count now. This Sunday, September 11th, the Falcons hosting the Saints in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the first regular season game of the year. We're bringing you all coverage, insight. Everything you need to know is right here on Peachtree football. So, Bo, before we get into really the meat and potatoes of everything, let's talk about a little bit of what this season is going to look like on Peachtree football, what the fans and listeners, what they can all expect to hear from us week in, week out here on Peachtree football. Well, I want to start with us, Dylan, because I Mm -hmm. think for you guys to understand what Peachtree football really is, and why it is a destination multiple times a week for foot, not only football season, but then the offseason as, as well, is for you guys to kind of know who we are, what we do, and why this is the place to be. First off, this is a podcast with two guys, kids, who grew up in Atlanta, pulling for Atlanta teams, but right. most importantly, we're Falcons fans. Mm-hmm. I have been a Falcons fan my entire life, so I have been beaten down like you guys have <laughs> with some of the heartbreaks that we've had to uh, experience. I have worked for the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network since 2010. I've traveled with the team on the road since 2012. That means team playing, team buses, you know, I'm at all the games, home or away, regular season, preseason. And I I try to see what this team goes through from not only a fan's perspective, Mm -hmm. but as someone who covers the team, as I do. I work in the booth. I produce the games with Dave Archer, Wes Durham, 
the great Hall of Fame engineer. If you've ever listened to broadcast, you know Miller Pope's name. Guys are Georgia Radio Hall of Famer. So yeah. I'm in the I'm in the trenches with those guys. Yeah. And Dylan, you're not right beside me. No. But you're there with me. Yeah, I'm right in your ear. You're in my ear. I'm in your ear, and we're going back and forth, making sure the broadcast is the best out there. So we're working hand in hand to make sure the Falcons radio broadcast sounds well. And we're hand in hand here, making sure you guys get all the information you need to know right here on Peachtree Football. So, Bo, let's go ahead and start with this. Everybody, I guess to start the season, we know who the starting quarterback is going to be now. But everybody to start the season was talking about, is it going to be Desmond Ritter or is it going to be Marcus Mariota? We've all got that question answered. Marcus Mariota is going to be our week one starter. But a lot of people want to know just when are we going to see Desmond Ritter? Are we going to see Desmond Ritter? So let's get into that a little bit. First and foremost, we know Marcus Mariota is going to start out. But how long, in your opinion, do we think do you think we see Marcus Mariota as the starter this season for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, it's all going to be based on Marcus Mariota's play. There's no, there's no set time. Um, Arthur Smith is trying to win football games. And right now, the best case for them or the best way that he has to achieve that goal is by Mariota playing at quarterback. He he looked better to me in the preseason. I know everyone was enamored with Desmond Ritter. I get it. I like Desmond Ritter. I think there is a future there for him in the NFL. I saw a lot of good things. We all did. But he's not ready. And let's go out there and see what Marcus Mariota has. You know, this whole interaction, I know we're going to get into it, so I don't want to jump ahead. But there was a whole interaction on really how yesterday at the Falcons press conference, uh, as they practiced yesterday, today's an off day. Right. So it's a regular game week for them. But they practice, and Arthur Smith was, had, a, had a presser, as he does before these practices, and was like, look, we're not doing hypotheticals. We're not going into this season trying to evaluate Desmond Ritter. We're going into this season trying to win football games. That's it. So it's going to be based on how this team is playing. If this team is – Five and three, and Mariota has been serviceable after eight games, nine games. He's going to continue to be the quarterback. It's got to be bad. He's got to either get hurt or just perform at a completely poor level. And in that way, he's not giving them a chance to win. And if that's if that happens, then yeah, I think we see a change. But I don't expect to see anybody other than Marcus Mariota play quarterback this year. Uh, that's the that's the that's the goal. That's the 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 way that the outlook that the coaches in the this front office has because they're here to win. They've said it's not, we're not rebuilding. We're not rebuilding. We're trying to win games. And I believe that they have a chance to do some of that. This right. roster is better than it was last year, one through 53. Is it better at some positions? No, it's not better at the quarterback position. I'll tell you right now it's not because you're replacing a Hall of Famer with a rookie and a guy who has had his trials and tribulations in the NFL so far. And, Bo, I'm going to tell you for a couple of reasons why Atlanta Falcons fans, such as ourselves, remember now, we already told you that we've been Falcons fans since we've grown up through our youth. So here's the reason, a couple of reasons why Falcons fans should want to see Marcus Mariota be the quarterback throughout the entirety 
of the Atlanta Falcons 2022 season. Number one, because, and we've talked about this both on 92.9 the game before. If Desmond Ritter is coming in, that means there is a problem. Either one, Marcus Mariota has gotten hurt, or two, he just hasn't been good enough, and then you kind of waste an investment there because you did sign him to a two-year deal in the offseason. And the other thing about that is, do we really want to see Desmond Ritter in behind this Atlanta Falcons offensive line? I know Arthur Smith has said time and time again that this offensive line is going to be schemed up. It is They're, they're going to roll out the quarterbacks, basically. We're going to see the quarterbacks out of the pocket. They're going to move in the pocket a lot, be on a lot of bootlegs. I understand all that. But still, are we really that confident in an offensive line who hasn't really been tested yet in my opinion, they saw Aiden Hutchinson in the preseason, yes, but really that was the only premier pass rusher that they saw in the preseason. So do we really want to put a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter behind an Atlanta Falcons offensive line that really isn't ready to protect a young quarterback the, the way they need to quite yet? Like when Matt Ryan came in, we had a better offensive line and Matt Ryan could do some things there and he could he could be a rookie quarterback behind there because the offensive line play was better. Desmond Ritter doesn't have that luxury. So let Marcus Mariota get back there, a more experienced quarterback, a quarterback who probably handles a little bit pressure better than Desmond Ritter would right about now, and let Marcus Mariota figure that out and run around and whatnot. Also, again, if Desmond Ritter is coming in, something is wrong, which that thing that's wrong could be Marcus Mariota is not playing well. And you don't want that because, as both said, the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Blank, they are all trying to win football games. They have said it time and time again, this is not a rebuild. So if Desmond Ritter is coming in, that means we're losing games. And that could mean we are going backwards. This is a team that is trying to develop, get better and better each and every week, each and every season. They're trying to get better. So if we're having to switch out quarterbacks, that means something is going wrong with probably the offensive line, the quarterback play, maybe the receivers. That means things are going wrong for this football team, and this team is moving backwards. They're not progressing forward like they need to be. So if you are truly an Atlanta Falcons fan, that means you want to see Marcus Mariota succeed. You want to see him, the quarterback, all 17 weeks of the Atlanta Falcons season because that means this football team is getting better, they're progressing, and they're heading in the right direction, Bo. Yeah, and here's the... I want to, while we'll talk about this, I want to kind of transition into what happened yesterday. Yes. The, inter, the interaction with Arthur Smith and, and Jeff Schultz. Yes. Because Schultz asked, how many games does Desmond need to play for you to get an accurate assessment? He says, I'm not answering hypotheticals. That's fantasy football and that kind of BS, Jeff. Right. And so Schultz doubles down like it's not hypothetical. And it's kind of the thing where we're at. He goes, uh, Arthur says, it is a hypothetical. Give me the comparative data. Is there a certain quarterback, a certain plan, a strategy? See, this is the thing that I think this point right here that he's making that, hey, the media and the Fal and Falcons fans are themselves have turned this into uh, that they think it's a clear succession. Does that make sense? Where right. we're kind of treating Ritter – like he was a first or second round pick quarterback, and they want to see him right now. Now, yeah, we saw some good things in the preseason. There's no denying that. But that that thought process is accelerated that we need to see him immediately. Right. I mean, 
I don't feel that way. The coaching staff doesn't feel that way. They see that as Marcus is the true one from everything they've seen in training camp. But then, the, you know, he, he goes on and he's like, he says this, and this is where I really think we've got to slow down and realize. He says, we want to know what we have in Marcus. So if you want to make this about 23, you can ask every which way. We're focused on week one. We're not going to go near some hypothetical. That's not where our focus is. Our focus is now the New Orleans Saints. If you want to hang out with the bots and Twitter and social media and get all these hypothetical GM scenarios or great team building or some of these other acidine narratives, go ahead. Let's talk about that real quick because mm-hmm. I've tr- I've tried to tell my guys – Dukes and Bell, hey, dude, we're not going to see Ritter for a while. Right. This coaching staff feels like everything they've seen from their tape that they've had from the preseason games, from the practices, the training camps, the joint practices, and the preseason games, that Marcus Mariota gives them the best chance to win right now. And look, I don't disagree. Go back and look at his time in Tennessee. He made a playoff game. I think he has a playoff Start and win, maybe not a win, but I know he played in the playoff game. I think they played the Chiefs when he was um, the starting quarterback there. Right. He has that. Guy's thrown in his career 13,000 yards. He's got almost 80 touchdowns. Uh, the, 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 the touchdown interception radio is a little under 2-1, to one, but it's still up there. He's completed 63% of his passes in his career. Now, look, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But when he was in uh, Vegas with the Raiders, he had to come in and play at times. And he did a pretty good job when Derek Carr was getting banged up. I I don't think this is the same Marcus Mariota that we necessarily saw in Tennessee. No, I completely agree with you. And I'm glad you brought that up because even Marcus has talked about his time in Vegas saying it was good for him and that it felt good, and it was finally really his first time as a quarterback in the NFL where he could sit back and watch and really not have that pressure of being a starting quarterback and being a backup quarterback and being able to watch and see what was going on, read a defense from the sidelines, just get a grasp of an offense from the sideline. He he didn't have that luxury in Tennessee. He was thrown right into the fire after he was drafted second overall from Oregon, and he never had that chance to sit back and see maybe, oh, okay, that would that's what I was doing wrong. You know, I see Derek, you know, Derek Carr's doing it this way, you know, when I should have been doing it that way too, and I was doing it that way before, but now I can do it this way. So the point being, this is his first time to really sit back and absorb what being a starting quarterback looks like from the sideline. He didn't have the pressure of being the starter on him in Vegas. And he talks about how that helped him a lot. So I think we're going to see One, a refreshed Marcus Mariota, and that could help his health. Two, a Marcus Mariota who has finally had the time to sit back and really absorb what a starting quarterback and a successful starting quarterback could like. Not to say he wasn't successful, but like you said, the one playoff win. So he's been there before, but still, he did have his struggles in Tennessee. So all that to say this, it is going to be, I believe, a different Marcus Mariota. He's had time to sit back. He has time to had time to develop a little bit more. He's had time to get healthy. He's had time to work on, you know, his his athleticism, his, you know, his knowledge of being a quarterback, watch some more film. So I think we're going to see a completely different Marcus Mariota. And I think his time in Vegas has really served him for the better, help us get his head straight, 
help him get healthy. So I think we're going to see a completely different Marcus Mariota with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I, I know we're going to put a kind of a bow on this, mm-hmm. but can we have patience in week one and just oh. see what we have? I, I think this is a chance coming into week one that we can really see what we have against a team that's played well yeah. defensively. Dennis Allen has done a good job since he's been there. Now he's the head coach, so it's a little bit different for him. And I think this is where we're going to see him fail personally because I, I hate the Saints. So if you're associated with the Saints, I'm not a fan of you. Just going to say that. <laughs> but I don't, Dennis Allen didn't do a very good job when he was with the Raiders as a head coach. I think it's going to be a lot. I think losing Sean Payton mm-hmm. is going to be huge for Jameis Winston. I think Jameis started to play better because of Sean Payton not having that. So I think Sean Payton, honestly, is one of the best game day coaches in the NFL. Um, and so this is a chance going to week one with Marcus Mariota at the helm, and this team could could do something. And I, I'm excited about that. And I know we're not there yet in this part of the podcast, but I'm excited there. For sure. And real quick, let's just get into the opposing side just really, really quick. We won't too much, we won't touch too much on it because we've got a full week coming later on here in Peachtree Football, and we'll talk about what we got coming up this week here in a little bit, Bo, but how big of a deal do you think, and you kind of touched on it already, how big of a deal do you think it's going to be for not only Jameis Winston, but the Saints offense overall to not have Sean Payne because he was calling the plays. He was really the leader of that offense, and, you know, they already didn't have Drew Brees, who was like their second in command, but now losing Sean Payne, how is that going to affect their offense overall? We're going to see a big dip in their offense this year. Well, it's it's hard to say yes, 100%, but I feel like we will. I see guys having the Saints winning the division. I see guys having the Saints as a, a Super Bowl contender. I just don't see it. Yeah. I know they've reloaded. Michael Thomas is supposedly as healthy as he's been in years. You know, obviously they went and got Chris Olave, who I'm a big yeah. fan of. And then they have Jarvis Landry as well. So they've got weapons. Don't forget Alvin Kamara. Right. So weapons are there but the play calling aspect and the two the tutelage that Sean Payton was able to give give and would be given to Jameis Winston I just can't I can't tell you how to me a big of a deal that is I think that is such an underrated part of what he was he could make great game day adjustments he was a phenomenal play caller his you know game planning was was so good i hated the dude yeah he was not if you're a falcons fan you like sean payton something's wrong with you respect him yes Yes. like him let me you know what let me take it a step further respect what he could do as a coach him personally no when he does this to my boy Devontae freeman in 17 dude you're nope he ran up the he ran up the the score on us Multiple times. I mean, if you go back, I think it was 2011, and Breeze is breaking the uh, the passing mark, and he mm-hmm. run. He's just running. You know, he brings him back in against us on a Monday night game. I mean, I, there's no love loss between for me with that Sean Payton, and there was no nice send off. I'm happy he's gone. I'm glad he's not in the league. His little scheme to get to Miami didn't work with with Brady. <laughs> I'm glad all of that backfired. But it's a big deal losing Sean Payton. It is huge. That guy is a Hall of Fame coach. 
Yep. And no he stabilized New Orleans for years. I know Mickey Loomis is a good GM, has done a phenomenal job manipulating the cat and keeping those guys competitive. And we got Ter- Terry Fontenot was a part of that. But I'm telling you, what Sean Payton meant to this team on game day, you cannot put a, a, a dollar sign or you cannot put as too much emphasis on that for me. Completely agree. Sean Payton gave the New Orleans Saints a clear competitive advantage each and every Sunday he was coaching them. However, I thought the dude personally was a butthole and is a butthole, and I don't like him. As soon as, you, like you said, he did the choke symbol on Devontae Freeman, I was like, really, dude? Okay. Like, I, again, we respect you, but I definitely do not like you one bit. So I'm glad Sean Payton's gone. I'm glad he can stay retired. I don't want to see him with Miami or the Cowboys. I don't want to see him anywhere. If he goes to the AFC, then eh, whatever. At least we don't have to see him that often. But I'd rather not see Sean Payton in the league. But, Bo, before we put a wrap on the inaugural episode of Peachtree Football, by the way, thank you all for listening. You can get Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you will find the best Atlanta Falcons podcast that is Peachtree Football. Bo Morgan, let's tell the people what we got coming up the rest of the week. Well, look. Before we get out of here, we're going to go over the 53-man roster real quick, or what we yep. think is 53-man yeah. roster. But later in the week, we're going to get you up to date on everything that's happened so far in practice. Let's say, hey, hey, where are we at here? What has happened so far? What is the what is the week looking like as far as Drake London update? Yes. You know, what what have we got? We're going to get into this Deion Jones saga with mm-hmm. Isaiah Oliver and Deion Jones are going to start the season on IR. We want to talk about that. Yep. But then we also want to preview the actual game. Yes. And so the last part of this week, we're going to just break down the Saints, the Falcons, the matchup, where the advantages, where the perceivably disadvantages are for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get all of we got to get you prepped. So when you roll in on Sunday morning and you're you're pre-gaming, you're doing your tailgate at home or from the stadium. Hopefully right. you're down there with us. Hopefully you're listening to Sports Radio 9290 game for all your Falcons coverage and the uh, Arch and West. We want you to feel like you could do the game. You could call the game yourself, or you could at least – you can be yelling at your TV or yelling at the field and be like, hey, guys, put this – do this. Run this. Do this. What are you doing? We knew they were going to do this. So we just want to get you up to date on everything that we can bring you. That's right. We're going to do it right here on Peachtree Football, so don't miss out the rest of the week. But Bo said we got one more thing to do before we get out of here, he's right. We got to go over what we think is going to be the 53-man roster. Bo, I think the obvious ones, we know quarterbacks are just going to be Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. It was a little surprising to see Felipe Franks be listed as a tight end, and I, I guess you could use the word surprising. Maybe that's not the exact right word because they did play him at a tight end. We know if he needs to play emergency quarterback, he can. Um, but a lot of people thought he wasn't going to make the squad just as a tight end, but he did. So quarterback's kind of obvious. Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, um, wide receivers. I think we got all of our all of our guys that we expected. I think the main questions, though, is we switch over to the defensive line because I think there were some guys on there that we expected to see that we didn't see. Um, Abdullah Anderson had a very nice Last preseason game, preseason game finale against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seemed like Wes and Dave were calling his name throughout the entire broadcast. 
he doesn't make the squad, and then other guys as well seem well, like. Well, he doesn't Man. make it initially. He doesn't yeah, make true. it initially because uh-huh. that was the thing, and, and and I want to touch base on the Felipe Franks thing in just a second. Yeah, but he doesn't make it initially. He ended up did coming back literally two days later after they make some of these moves, and that was the beauty of what these. I'll give these guys credit, Dylan. Mm-hmm. They, the way they worked this roster where they cut guys and then brought them back, like Justin Schaefer, uh, the, uh, the, the, I think it was yes. a sixth or seventh round pick out of Georgia, right. or maybe fifth. Guess an offensive lineman that we all saw at Georgia dominate. Yes. And now he's not on the roster, but then they bring him back on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, the Marlon Davidson making it initially over Abdul Anderson really confused me because we you talked about what we saw out of Adula and Marlon can't stay on the field and he hasn't stayed on the field his whole time here in Atlanta but they end up putting him over to the IR so he's going to be on four games and now you've got Abdullah back on the roster I'm really excited about watching him play you know him and Timmy Horn who's the guy that we didn't see a ton of, but when we did, he was he was making plays. And he's a big dude. You know, that's the thing about Abdullah. He's 6'4", but he's only 300 pounds. But Timmy Horn is going to play into that nose position. He's 6'4", 325. That's a big boy. That is a, a big, big guy. And mm-hmm. you, that's what this defense has wanted to do. Real quick before I uh, throw it back to you, Felipe Franks made this team because he plays – multiple positions serves multiple roles yes he's your emergency tight end yes he's your uh third tight uh what did i say emergency quarterback is what i should have said he's your third or fourth string tight end as well but this is a guy that can also play special teams felipe ran really good routes at camp and when he was in games didn't show a lot when he was in games though as far as catches and stuff but he the guy was doing the little things, and he's clearly got an understanding of the role they need for him. It's just getting a little more out of him. Right. I want to get your thoughts on this, too, because I'm interested in what you have to say on this. So we all saw another guy show out on the defensive end, but in the secondary, it de-offered. Even Arthur Smith talked about how he not only took advantage of his opportunities in practice, but obviously in the games as well. Is there an opportunity for D. Alford to maybe even find himself in a starting role? Because we know A.J. Terrell is there. We know Casey Hayward is there. They're the top two guys in the backfield as far as cornerbacks go. Isaiah Oliver, as we just talked about, he's starting off on injured reserve. We don't know exactly how long he's going to be on injured reserve. He's still recovering from that ACL injury last year. D. Alford, he's shown he can be a ball hawk. He can make plays, get interceptions, takeaways. If D. Alford starts starts the season off well, he comes in in his, you know, maybe limited snaps, makes some plays, could he find himself maybe taking that, you know, starting nickel spot over Isaiah Oliver? Well, Oliver starting on the IR is one thing. Right. Uh, obviously, he wasn't quite ready to be back. They like him. He's a guy that's done really well in that nickel position. Just, mm-hmm. but he's just not. 
you know, he, he, he finally played in the final preseason game against Jacksonville, mm-hmm. but I just don't think he's ready. Right. And that's why they put him on the IR. I think you might see him closer to week eight, seven, maybe start to ease himself back in. But yeah, D. I, I think D. Alford is your starting nickel right now. There you go. Now you don't. You know, one of the things that the way the game has changed is you look at a depth chart and you're it's your base package. So that's what guys think of the starters. But you're in nickel seventy. I think 73% of the time now with the way the game is advanced, with the way the offenses have ran. So, yes, you're going to see D. Alford a lot. I think he'll – I personally expect him to be that starting nickel or that, that that first guy that comes in at the nickel position. The guy is really good. He's yeah. got a he's – he's a ball hawk. He, he's, a, he's a, a very strong tackler. Look, I know he played in Canada – and he was, uh, I think he was, uh, I think the team that he played for, I think it was Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. They won a Grey Cup. Yeah. Um, he, and wasn't he like the MVP or something? He was a, what he was is like a, essentially the equi- the Canadian Football League equivalent to a pro bowler. That's what he okay. was. And this guy played well. He took a risk coming yeah. down here, and it was worth it because now he's on an NFL roster. So, yeah, I think the offer is going to be a guy that we look at very much. He's not going to take over one of those positions unless there's a major in- injury and he has stepped up that much, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be over Terrell or Hayward, but I think he could right. start over Darren Hall in that nickel spot. I absolutely do. And I expect big things out of Darren, uh, excuse me, out of uh, D offered the guy. He basically raised our expectations and I'm, I'm really excited to watch him play. I am too, because I, he seems like one of those dudes, and I kind of saw that with KZ as well. And me personally, when DeMonte KZ was here, I was of the opinion that I wanted to see KZ here because I felt like he was a ball hog. I felt like he was starting to come into his own, you know, closer towards the end of his Falcons tenure. But, you know, that is what it is. I see D. Alford kind of in that same light. I see D. Alford as a guy who is just going to be there and make plays and is just going to be in the right spots when he needs to be. He's going to be a guy that gets interceptions, that makes plays in the ball, a lot of pass deflections. And he's going to have a big opportunity to start out too as well because we already know quarterbacks ain't throwing A.J. Terrell's way. And if you do, it could be scary hours for you if you're throwing A.J. Terrell's way. Well, that's and, where Casey Hayward's going to be so big to your point. Exactly. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's where that's why I was so excited about Casey Hayward because well, last year we had a, we had a walking uh, defensive penalty constantly. Well, on that side, of, on that side, and it was it was just tough to watch. Yeah. And now you have a guy like Casey Hayward who can make plays, who's been a good player in this league. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it. I, I hate to call a dude out, but I, I'm glad TJ Green's not here anymore because I I I always got sick to my stomach, Bo, watching TJ Green on the Atlanta Falcons football field last year. But I'm gonna leave it alone there. But you're absolutely right. Casey Hayward on this football team is going to be huge because now you obviously don't want to throw AJ Terrell's way already, but do you really want to throw Casey Hayward's way either? I mean, he he might get tested early in the season, but if he's getting, you know, a couple of picks here and there to start off the season, a lot of pass deflections, they might not want to throw towards AJ Terrell or Casey Hayward. And that's where D Alford comes in because, you know, quarterbacks, at least to start off, are going to look at him as the, you know, least the, the 
he's a, he's not going to threat. He's not going to be the biggest threat as far as the cornerback position goes. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who they line up in that slot. Right. Uh, they've got three guys on that team at receivers, and, and Thomas, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking about week one with against the Saints with Thomas right. Landry and Chris Olave. That all are. I know. I know the other. The thing about Thomas and Landry is they're basically more of possession receivers in the most part, especially Thomas. But those are guys that can line up on the inside, and yeah. uh, and Thomas is there, and Landry are both bigger guys where they can they'll, they'll, they have that vertical threat. Now right. it's not it's not a it's not a great one, but Olave is really going to add that to that offense. So that's kind of where it's going to be interesting to look at, but. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the secondary, and you, Dylan, you expect Grant and yep. Jalen Hawkins as well, two guys to kind of really step up and and take it to another level. Yeah. As far as uh, the the secondary, the secondary to me uh, could be a. It might not always look that way depending on the pass rush, but I think the secondary could be a strength for this team moving forward. I believe so, and I think we've all kind of said on nights and on the game that the secondary right now seems like the position we have the most depth at because we got A.J. Terrell, got Casey Hayward, we got guys we have to feel really good about in the safety positions, as you alluded to, in Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins, who are going to make big steps, I believe, in the next steps in their careers. And then we have guys like D. Alford. We got have guys like Darren Hall, who, you know, still has a little bit to prove. And, I mean, um, D. Alford, too, he hasn't arrived yet. He just had a really good preseason. But still, there are guys we feel good about in that sec- secondary, even past the starters. So the secondary, I think, is the position right now. At least we have the most depth at. So I'm feeling really good about them. I want to give you, uh, I want to get your take on another guy too, as well, a rookie. And I know we're going to start off seeing him on special teams, but I want to get your take because you're close to the team. You travel with the team. You kind of, you always have a good vibe and know kind of where the team is at. So tell me a little bit about Troy Anderson and when exactly we could to, we could start to see him making an impact, not only on special teams, but maybe consistently at the linebacker position as well. I know he's going to get snaps, but when are we really going to start to see him consistently at that inside linebacker position? Well, I think that Troy Anderson is a guy who, personally, I would I don't expect to see a lot of him early. I think mm-hmm. he's still kind of learning the pro game, learning the defense. Right. We've seen glimpses of the speed that he has. And that, honestly, if we see him early, it could be because Alvin Kamara is is giving us issues and they think he can match up speed-wise because Troy Anderson, he can run. And that's the thing that's most disappointing about not having Deion Jones to me for this first game right. is the how well he's played Alvin Kamara since Alvin Kamara had been Kamara has been a great player for the Saints but he's not killed the Falcons like he has other teams right. and that's been a lot because of Deion Jones because they match up well and he shut him down but with, with back to the Troy Anderson question I expect him to kind of get moved along slowly just because you've seen kind of him his that learning curve is still there honestly Landman I think you could see more of early over Anderson because Landman I thought played pretty well in yes. the in the preseason. He was a kind of a tackling machine for this team, but uh, I would I would I would slow roll a little bit with Anderson. I just think it's going to be a few games. Now I could be proven completely wrong, 
I mean, it's rare that I'm proven wrong, but it happens from time to time. So if it is, it is. So let's just kind of get, see where we're at. But I'm not expecting a ton right away from Anderson. For the record, Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy, is usually never wrong. This is a guy that's always right, and that's why we love him here on Peachtree Football. He's got all the answers. Bo, I want to get your take on one more guy, actually two more guys, switching over to the offensive and and that is because I don't think we quite have an answer on this yet. And this kind of rounds out our conversation about the 53-man roster and what it looks like. Do we know? I mean, I guess we probably have an idea of who's going to be starting at center. But do you think that competition is still kind of open at the center position? I think they know who they want. I think they're playing games because everyone's right. making a big deal about it. I was listening. I saw some fans. Oh, it's a bad thing that we don't know. I think it's – personally, I expect to see Hennessy. Um, okay. At this point, I, I could be very wrong. Mm-hmm. And apparently today we will find out at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, later today we will know who that starting center is going to be. But I've been leaning towards Hennessy only because he was the guy last year. And I just right. don't think that either guy – I think that – I don't think either guy set himself completely apart from the other. Right. Now, again – we don't know. We're going to find out. Supposedly, we'll find out today when the depth chart is, the official depth chart is released, which I'm not overly high on uh, <laughs> depth charts other than offensive line right. and your right and left cornerback and safeties. Mm-hmm. I don't know the rest of it. I mean, defensive lines shuffle in and out depending on packages. So the linebackers. Yeah. Offensive line is always the same. Um Maybe you'll learn a little bit, but running back shuffling out, receivers shuffling. The way the game is now, it's just different. Quarterback, offensive line, and your secondary. To me, that is where the depth chart matters. Uh, but I would, I kind of expect to see Hennessy. I really do. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know. But that's where I'm going right now is Hennessy. And if they are really that close, I don't know how much is going to matter. Look, what I need from my center is first and foremost clean snaps we can't have any of that crap but we can't get the quarterback uh um, um center exchange can't be off but make sure you know what defenses you're looking at you know help call out def- uh line shifts it's and and, and, and protection uh assignments and, and that sort of thing but i I just need you to be serviceable other than those two things like do those but be serviceable you know I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't need all pros at every position on the offensive line. I think it was Carl Dukes where me and her were talking. I don't need all pros at each position. I need. I, I can do with a couple of good guys. We think we have that in Lindstrom and, and Matthews, right? Those right. are two pretty solid guys from our from our assessment in the media and, and, and fans. So I just need McGarry, Hennessy, and Wilkinson to be serviceable. I don't need them to be all pros. Just do your job. Just do your job. You, you know, you don't got to be the best. I don't need pancakes, blocks, and all that. Just be serviceable. Give Mariota enough time to read and to allow uh, the play to progress and then create the pocket. See, a line's like this. I don't know if I can do it right. But it, sh- it shouldn't be like this. It should be no. like this. Right. Your tackles push guys around, and then your quarterback can step into the pocket and make your throw. But when it – when it concaves like this and the quarterback can't go here and can't go there and he can't step up, the pat the pocket is collapsed. There's nowhere to go. That's like the one thing that fans don't get. Well, Jake Matthews didn't do his job. Why? Well, because 
you know, Matt ran in or the quarterback ran in to, to Matthew's guy. Well, hell, if he can't step up, then 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 he's getting banged around. Like if, if the 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 guys in the middle have to to hold at bay so the the tackles can push those pass rushers around the quarterback so he can step in and make his throw. Not only does he step into his throw, but that's the way a pocket supposed pocket supposed to be like like I don't know if you can see it, but like uh, like that, not like yeah. this. I know that's pretty bad. Can't see that. But anyways. No, that was beautiful pocket one-on-one. That was amazing. I loved it. And you gave us the visual as well. If you if you don't understand that the pocket cannot collapse inward and then it has to be a nice rounded off kind of arc, I guess you would put it. So as Bo illustrated and said beautifully, so that the pass rushers go around, the quarterback can step up. But if the pocket is caving in inward, then they, the quarterback can't step up, and that's when we get into all sorts of trouble. And I'm glad you brought up the offensive line because that actually reminded me of another position I want your take on because I want to know exactly – I know how the top end is going to work out, and I know what it looks like at the top, but I want to know how the rotation is going to look like and what it's going to look like towards the bottom end. And I'm talking about the running back position. We know Cordell Patterson is going to get majority of snaps back there, but – we also know, I think the Falcons really like Damian Williams. They like Tyler Algier, the rookie out of BYU. So how do you think the snaps are going to get divvied up? You know, Cordell Patterson get the load. And then is it kind of the rest of the snaps going to be kind of 50-50 between Damian Williams and Tyler Algier? Is it kind of going to be a hot hand situation? So what does exactly that running back room look like for the Atlanta Falcons when it comes to who's getting what number of snaps? Yeah, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> nah, Simple as that. Um, I love it. <laughs> I, I think Cordero Patterson is is gonna is is a playmaker, and they want him to have the ball as much as possible. But I think there's a sweet spot. They don't want him wearing down. That's why you right. probably won't see him on returns. So I I think somewhere from that, honestly, that twelve to twenty touch range. Mm-hmm. I don't believe though that's twenty carries. I think the sweet spot is they want to get Patterson maybe 10 to 10 to 12 carries and then get him in worked in the offense with with uh with in the passing game as well. Right. Uh with with Damian Williams and Algier, you know, they're two guys that are essentially the same build, but Algier kind of has that reputation of being a bruiser. Yep. A guy that's kind of a battering round. So I would expect a lot of short yardage situations in there for Patterson and for uh, Tyler Algier. And I could see Damian Williams being used in all facets. Look, this is a guy who catches the ball pretty well. He, last year he didn't have a ton of catches, but he in the past he's been a good receiving back. But I think he'll be a I think he'll be a spell back. He'll, you'll probably see him in some third down situations, but also just kind of spelling out Al, uh, Algier and Patterson. It's you know, really, it's impossible to break down touches as far as carries because it, it, it a lot of that is depending on the game. You get down early, you're not going to be running the ball a lot. Right. But I expect Patterson and Williams to get a majority early, but I wouldn't be shocked if in short yardage, goal line situations, we see a heavy dose of Tyler Algier just because he's the guy that is really kind of a bruising and battering running back. There you go. I love it. We could see him a lot in the red zone. 
And uh, Damon Williams, I think, is a nice, too. He touched on it. He's a nice change of pace back as well. And then, obviously, Cordell Patterson. We just want the ball in his hands with the passing game, running game period, because he makes plays. So, Bo, I think that pretty much puts a bow on the inaugural episode of Peachtree Football. And as Bo talked about earlier, later on in the week, we are going to get nose deep in what is going to be Falcons versus Saints on Sunday. We're going to tell you the matchups. Going to give you matchups. Disadvantages, advantages for the Falcons and the Saints. Also, too, we're going to get into, you know, what we should kind of expect later on in the week as well. Um, we're going to talk about how practices has going, how practice develops, the health of Drake London, the health of Deion Jones, the health of Isaiah Oliver, and uh, talk about how they're progressing and, you know, if we're going to see Drake London week one or not, and you'll hear about that later on. So, Bo, before we sign off here, my friend, any final thoughts on the inaugural episode of Peachtree Football? No, just thanks for joining us. Look, me and Dylan are going to be doing this three times a week at minimum during the season. Yes. So hang in there with us. Not only are we gonna we gonna get better for you guys, but we want we want feedback. Tell us what you want us talking about because right. ultimately you're the reason we do the show. And well, yeah, we like to talk Falcons football, but <laughs> you guys give us the platform to do it. So please reach out on our socials at Squidbilly nine two nine. Dylan will give out his handle and just make sure. You, we're talking what you want to hear us talk about. That's it. So that's going to wrap up the inaugural episode of Peachtree Football. We'll be back a few more times this week to make sure you are ready for Falcons Saints Sunday, September 11th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Make sure you tune into the game on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy, is going to keep all of us in a row. Myself, Wes Durham, Dave Archer, we're going to have the Falcons radio broadcast for you. So follow Bo Morgan at SquidBilly929. You can follow myself at underscore Dylan Matthews and make sure you stay tuned in to Peachtree Football, not only just for this week, but for the entirety of the NFL season and the offseason too. When the offseason come around, we aren't going anywhere. It's Atlanta Falcons football talk on Peachtree Football year round. So make sure you subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to Peachtree Football. So for Bo Morgan, this is Dylan Matthews signing off. Thank you for listening to Peachtree Football. We'll talk to you later on in the week.